Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Aaron Moore. And Josh is running the board. And on the phone is Patty Fink. And just remember, there are fine people on both sides of the phone line. Fine people. Both sides. <laughs> For some reason, the Donna Reed theme song just sounded a little more bright and cheery today. Did it? Yes. Well, let me just... Uh, Give some background on today's show. Uh, Aaron called me earlier this week and said there was an election. I had no idea. I mean, I hadn't heard anything about it. Well, I found out on social media. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Okay, so there was an election last week. So anyway, <laughs> we asked her to come in and tell us about it. Um, Aaron, what, who was up for election? Well, you know, every four years, you know, it comes as a big surprise to some people, mm -hmm. but every four years there's a presidential election. Huh. <laughs> and we had a whopper of one this time. Um, Who was running? The current, <clears throat> choke out the word, president, Donald J. Trump versus mm -hmm. uh, Joseph Biden, former VP for Obama and former or, and uh, senator from Pennsylvania. Um, Delaware. Delaware, sorry. He's from Pennsylvania. He was born in Scranton. Yeah. Uh, but he's a senator from Delaware, you're right. Uh, which uh, he had run several times before and this time gained the nomination and now is the president-elect. Oh, okay. So how many votes did he get? He got 75 million and change. And how many did Trump get? 71 million and change. Okay, I don't understand. The... Okay, let, person who got the okay, most Okay, in votes. 2016, yes. how many votes did Trump get? Less than Hillary. Okay, so he got less than Biden this time, so that makes him the winner. Well, he thinks so. <laughs> He's not leaving. <laughs> Patty, don't you agree with me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. Yeah, the person with the fewer votes... Well, the Electoral College is playing into this, and that's a, that's a whole other discussion, but the short version of it is it's meant to balance out the power of the states, um, but we do not elect a president by vote. We elect a president by Electoral College, um, and there have been instances in history where we've had what they call unfaithful electors where the electoral college just breaks off and votes for somebody else. So, Actually, there were two uh, yeah. unfaithful electors in the last election. Yeah, so it, it, there's, a, there's a conception, you know, we always say one person, one vote, and that is correct. However, the president is actually elected by the Electoral College, so they can get more votes in certain parts of the country and overall have fewer votes and still win. Okay, so let me see if I understand this correctly. You work for um, County Commissioner Teresa Daniel. I do. And um, she was up for re-election this time. Yes. And who got the most votes in that election? She did by far. Okay, so she lost? She won. I'm still employed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Patty, are you still as confused by this electoral thing as I am? Well, local elections. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Patty. I was just going to say, I don't think anyone's con you know, confused at all except you, David. And the president. And the president. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and I have a lot in common. Yeah, I've always well, said clearly that. clearly you do. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought that. Yeah. Who's, who's most like Trump that I know, huh? Um, but yeah, no, the Electoral College is, is only for presidential uh, and vice presidential. And, and actually, um, when you say it's 
to give more power to, or balance out some power between states a little bit. Uh, if you live in Texas, one elector counts for one-fourth the, the vote that it does if you live in Vermont. Correct. So in other words, uh, if you divide up the number of electoral votes or divide up the population by number of electoral votes, uh, it's at least four times as many people that are voting to get one elector in Texas than it is in a state like Vermont or Wyoming. Right. And electoral votes are actually based on population, but it's still an antiquated system that's based in prejudice, frankly. It was a deal struck to even out the, the more urban, urban versus rural versus previous slave-owning states to, to have the same amount of power, not less power, because of the urban centers having so much more population in them. Even in the Industrial Revolution, this isn't a new thing. Um, so it's, if we do it by straight ele election, by straight vote, we've won seven out of the last eight elections, the Democrats have. Um, but that would also include the gay vote. Yes. Yeah, thank vote. you. Har, har, har. <laughs> um, but, okay, direct vote then, Patty. Um, she says I never go, don't go straight forward, go, go gaily forward uh, when I'm driving. But, um, so yeah, so we do not elect by one person, one vote. We elect by one person, one vote determines the elector that casts a vote. So it is all very complicated. It's, it's intentionally um, to be obtuse. And even with all of the attempted voter suppression that happened this election, Biden still won. Okay, so what's going on in states like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan? Oh, uh, Josh is reminding me, Pledge Drive. And Pledge Drive, and um, I'll, I'll get to Pledge Drive in just a How second. How many electoral votes does Pledge Drive get? Uh, you have to buy your votes there. <laughs> yeah, I understood. Um, in some of those states, what's going on? that they can't get the vote counted? Well, they've got the vote counted. They've got the vote counted everywhere. They've got the vote counted. They just haven't finished counting mail-in ballots, overseas ballots in some states. Oh, and okay, so here's my question on that one. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's looking at me in terror. Okay, what's the well, stupid question gonna be? Well, yeah. If American <laughs> Idol can count 100 million votes in 30 minutes, mm -hmm. what is taking so long? Because mail-in ballots can come in up to, I think, five days after the election. It depends on the state, but generally speaking, a few days after the election, uh, as long as they're postmarked by Election Day. Um, some states require it to be in before Election Day. Some say you can get it postmarked by Election Day and it, they can trickle in. But they, they do put a limit on the time. And then overseas ballots uh, have similar restrictions, but military ballots... I think have to be in seven days later, and if there's so, if it's a close election, those can matter a lot. Um, and what those ballots are, they're not us pushing a button like we did in Dallas this last time. There's somebody sitting there opening an envelope, separating what's in the envelope, the ballot, the instruction sheets, the envelope itself, all of that, putting it through a counting machine. And then verifying the, or verifying the signature and then putting it through a counting machine. So it is a process. It takes person power to do that. Um, and with the overwhelming amount of mail-in ballots this time because of COVID, Trump was telling his people to go vote in person. And Biden was saying, be safe and vote and buy mail-in ballot if you can. So guess what? Pro at least two to one, and in some cases, nine to one, 
of the mail-in ballots have been for Biden. And that's why he was behind on election night and is now ahead by over 4 million votes, which is, by the way, the biggest margin ever in the popular vote. And speaking of biggest margin ever, we're down here at KNON by the biggest margin that we've ever been because we're <laughs> not doing any of our, uh, uh, our, our fundraising events right now, so we need your help. It is Pledge Drive here at KNON, and uh, we need you to give us a call. The number is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Now, not only have we lost a number or lost all of our uh, fundraising events until COVID is over, we've also had an increase in the cost of our tower lease we had an increase in the cost of our rent after the tornado blew down our old office building have you seen the office building the old building yeah it's a field there's nothing there yeah there is nothing there and there's actually i mean asterisk there's a uh, trail going in there that commissioner daniel has actually been working on so i mean thanks for you know thanks for getting out of the way yeah (laughs) so Uh, But a number of our costs have gone up uh, in in the last year, and we appreciate all of your help in keeping us on the air. Uh, The number to give us a call is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Or you can go online. And, Patty, why don't you tell us about that? Have we lost Patty? Perhaps. No, I'm here. Sorry. Um, you can go online and to knon.org and um, click on Pledge Now, and it'll take you to all of our wonderful uh, Pledge Premiums. Um, at that point, you can choose one. You can, you know, fill out the the online form and and um, support KNON with with however much you would like to give. Um, and every bit counts. Every every small donation, every large donation counts. Um, so it's, we, we encourage you to, to do that, knon.org. Um, lots of wonderful pledge premiums that you can see a, a photo of and make your selections there. Speaking of pledge premiums, we have several new ones. Yeah, uh, well, my favorite is the, I don't know if this is new or not, but it's the, it's the crisis co- t-shirt combo. You can get one tougher than a Texas tornado t-shirt and one KNON mask t-shirt. So That's for how big a pledge? That is for an $80 pledge. So two, sh- two T-shirts for $80 and you're supporting KNON Radio. Um, David's right. KNON puts a lot of effort into live music events and things to keep us all very entertained. And with COVID, we haven't been able, they haven't been able to do that. So the only way we have to entertain you is on live on air on the radio. And uh, if you can, please support that effort. Um, my other favorite pledge is, uh, I've been telling Patty I'm mask insecure with COVID. Like, I always focus on one thing and I'm always afraid I'm not going to have a mask if I need it. And there's several mask options available on the pledge items. There's a cloth mask with the KNON logo on the side. Which you wore into the studio which today. Which I wore into the studio today. But this new one is even is newer. Um, mine has KNON across the whole mask. This one's just on the side and very, very discreet. And then you can also have a KNON disposable mask, which is a set of four for $25 pledge. So if you need some mask, if you want to support your KNON where everybody can see it, uh, go ahead and make a pledge, and the cloth mask is uh, a $50 pledge. Reusable and you get two. cloth, and you get two, yeah. So um, Now, one of the things that we've been talking about is that we've lost our uh, fundraising events. Patty, you and Aaron used to be KNON Elite Music Sponsors. I'm saying used to be. You have been in the past a couple of times. Tell us about that. 
Um, well, if you make a pledge of $500, um, it gets you into every single KNON event, which is tons of live music, most of which includes food. Um, it's a big party, and it's just um, it's just wonderful not to even worry about the, where the tickets are. Do you have the tickets? No, do you? Um, it, so it's good for two people to, to just live on the list uh, for all the events. You need to show up. Um, so and, it's a fantastic way to support the show. And because we're not having those events, Patty, what, what we're doing is your name will still be on the guest list for a year once the events start again. But what you get now is every new elite sponsor during this pledge drive can sponsor a KNON public service announcement for the nonprofit of your choice. Now, it can't be a political organization or a lobbying organization. It has to be a true nonprofit like Resource Center or Prism Health or uh, I'm just giving some in the LGBT community, um, Legacy Counseling. Um, you know, it, it needs to be a, a 501c3 is their technical designation. But KNON will make a recording for, for your good cause. You'll be thanked on that recording, and it'll run for a month on the format that, that you're supporting. So on, we have several talk shows, and it would be on all of the talk shows. Um, tell people about a good cause you believe in while supporting good music and good programming on KNON. And in addition to good music and good programming, there's also Lambda Weekly. That's us. That's us. So 972-647-1893, that's 972-647-1893. Um, our guest today is Erin Moore. She is um, our political guru. <laughs> well, I'm going to defer that title to Patty, but, uh, you know, we, we make a good team on it, so. Okay, so Patty, um, how did you stay nonpartisan while you were election judging? I think it's very easy. I believe in the process so much um, that, you know, I believe everyone should be allowed to, to vote and, and um, do so fairly and freely. Um, and so it's, and I had a great crew this time. So that was, um, that was very exciting. Um, and, you know, I think, I think people are eager to vote and, and support a process where every vote counts. Um, I think there are a lot of uh, partisan things that happen to prevent that from, you know, to suppress votes, to, to prevent people from voting. Um, but I think in the, in the election process itself, it's a, it can be very fair with people who are dedicated to that fairness. Okay, so Patty, you election judged on election day in uh, a, a public school in East Dallas, right? Yes. Um, did you see any incidents of anybody trying to intimidate or to electioneer too close to the polling place or anything like that at all? No, we were incredibly slow, and DIC had closed for the day. Mm -hmm. There were no teachers, there were no students, no faculty, um, but that was interesting. We did have one voter who came in with one of those plague masks. Mm. So there was a rule that all the poll workers, of course, as um, you know, um, employees of Dallas County for the day were required to wear masks, but it was fairly optional for, uh, for voters, and so he had one of those you know, from medieval plague times, uh, which I think was a statement on a mask. The ones uh, that look like a bird? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but he, you didn't, he didn't have to take it off, did he? No. No, not at all. Now, we somebody didn't. in my office who should have known better uh, went in wearing a political T-shirt, and it wasn't for a candidate. It had to do with the pandemic, and they made him change it. 
see that I yep. think I think that's an optional call on the election judge. Technically, you're not supposed to wear a T-shirt for anything on the ballot or advocating for anything, any uh, ballot measures or, or any candidate, any party. But actually, things, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, it's about political party and cause. Yeah. It doesn't have to be on the ballot. Oh, that's okay. So, but but like Black Lives Matters wouldn't be a political issue unless you choose to make it a political issue, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, when, I, when, I was very cautious about that sort of thing. Though, I mean, one one could make the case that there is a party who supports Black Lives Matter, and there's a party who doesn't, and they're very very vocal about that. So you would have you would have kicked someone out that said Black Lives Matter on their T-shirt. Um. I think it would just depend on the situation. Okay. Uh, you see, and I've heard so many different interpretations of that. It's just interesting to me. Um, you know, if, if somebody goes in with, you know, we the people, to me that's not, that's a political statement, but it's not a po- political party affiliated. So, yeah, I mean, it's best not to wear anything that says anything. You know, wear just a plain T-shirt or a plain shirt. But um, It does mean clothes, David. Yes, clothed. <laughs> Not to wear any statements. That was my point. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. If uh, Aaron was encouraging people, I had to run around the counter. We have somebody making a pledge right now that Josh is taking. Um, yeah, if uh, Pat, if Aaron was encouraging people to go to the polls undressed, that's why we have her on this show. Yes. Uh, you're listening to. Uh, <laughs> to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Aaron Moore, and Patty is joining us from home. We'll have more right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. It is Pledge Drive. We have Josh's standing by. And, you know, when we do a pledge drive, that is one thing that we do differently than other stations. You're not calling a big call center. You're calling right here to the studio. Uh, but the number to call is 972-647-1893. Uh, anybody who's going to call, give us just a minute uh, so that Josh can finish up. Uh, you know, on most shows, they're music shows, and it's uh, easier to do a pledge drive. But while we're talking in the studio and taking pledges at the same time, it sometimes becomes a little bit of chaos. Um, or they can go online at knon.org and make your pledge there. Um, there's, uh, that's actually what I prefer to do. So you can see the pledge premiums that we have to offer, and you can fill out your information without actually having to talk to David. It would be Josh that you're talking to. Oh, okay. We put the nice person on the phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, knon.org or uh, 972-647-1893. Josh's are standing by in just a moment. Um, Aaron, there were a lot of LGBT candidates running here in Texas and around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Texas, Ann Johnson won yes. her seat for the legislature, which increases the LGBT caucus. By one, by, well, but, we actually increased it by two. Because we have her and there was a, a guy that won. Um, I won. Uh, let me find him. Actually, Patty, if you have internet access, can you find? But yeah, I, th- I think it's a he's a bisexual man, um, cisgender man. So I I completely missed that one. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I did too. Okay, well maybe okay maybe I'm hallucinating. But if somebody could confirm that, I thought I thought I had seen that. But yes, Ann Johnson is a great coup. She's she represents the kind of Westheimer district in Houston, mm-hmm. or is it Montrose? Montrose area. Yeah, the Westheimer. Yeah, Montrose and, area. And um, 
uh, she's uh, she's run before, and she's got an incredible uh, depth of knowledge about the area and mm-hmm. about government. And I'm very excited to have her in the caucus. And on yeah, the I interviewed her uh, about a month before the election, and she's delightful. I yeah. can't wait to have her on the show here. Yeah. And, so. and as part of my work with uh, the um, <laughs> why am I not remembering this today? <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. Some joy, what it is. Um, this makes then a third of our LGBT founding caucus, um, our, our LGBTQ members of the of the Texas House. A third of them are now Johnsons. That's true. Mm-hmm. You always point that out. Patty was the first person to point out that the city council was one fifth Adams. Well, on the caucus, we have two Gonzaleses and two Johnsons. And there you go. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and all of them got reelected, so that's very good. Um, well, what I thought was interesting was two were unchallenged, mm-hmm. uh, two won in basically landslides, and the only one who uh, the Republicans had targeted, and not that she didn't do very well, but uh, she won by more than a point, Aaron Zweener down in Hayes County, just south of Austin. She had a tough race, uh, and good. she pulled it out. Good. Good, I'm glad, yeah. So, yeah, so the five original caucus members, now we're adding by either one or two. And Aaron is I'm looking. trying to find who that, yeah, um, who that person is. And again, I may be in a fugue state. Um, but we did have some bad losses that I thought we could pull out, and that, those made me sad. I was really hoping Gina Ortiz-Jones could win. Um, she would have been uh, our first LGBTQ uh, member of Congress, and and then um, Eric Holguin as well. So, well, and um, I'm Josh was concentrating on the uh, uh, on his call uh, because we had a pledge drive call. Uh, I played those, Josh, so you can sign, and we we just do our office work on the air with you, but that's part of it being community radio. Yes. Um, we were hoping for Lorenzo, who was on our show a few weeks ago, and... Uh, Lorenzo Sanchez and... Very uh, close. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there were some that, you know, the the great blue wave didn't happen in Texas this time, but um, as Joanna Cadenac said last night at, a, a, uh, at an event we went to in celebration, that even though she lost, you know, as close as we were keeping it in Texas, it made our opponents spend money here and take their eyes off of places that did win, like potentially Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. Um, so, you know, because if Texas goes, that's the ball game. So they had to defend what was previously considered safe turf, and it turned out to be safer than we than we thought we were making it for them. But, um, but nonetheless, resources were spent here that could have and probably would have been spent elsewhere. You know, I think in some cases... Had a lot of that money not been spent, some of those candidates would have won because as much as it got out uh, the vote for the Democrat, it got out the vote for the Republican as well. And it's all a matter of turnout. And a lot of those races were just very close um, and might not have been as close had they not advertised the way they did. I think running in a presidential is going to bring it out anyway. I mean, I don't know that that's the case, but like when Joanna got so close last time, uh, you know, as a gubernatorial, it's an every two-year race. 
And this time, it, you know, sometimes being in a presidential really helps us, especially in Dallas, because we have turned blue. Tarrant County turned blue this time, um, uh, you know, s several spots. But there were other places that have been reliably Democratic that were not this time or, or not as much, um, like the Valley. You know, so they didn't come out in the numbers that they had in the past. Um, so, I mean, it's all, you know, you always armchair quarterback in 2020 hindsight, these things, but there are some seats that I wished we could have picked up. And Joanna Cadenex was one, Brandy Chambers was another one. So, you know, we, we thought we could get a sweep in North Texas. What we did get a, almost a sweep on was the Fifth Circuit. Um, in two two election cycles, we have flipped that court from 100% Republican to 99% Democratic. They have one Republican. One Republican left. left yes. Yeah. So yeah. So that's 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 an amazing win. And we started out talking about LGBT candidates. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yes. So um, there were uh, six that we know of uh, LGBT candidates running. Two were transgender. Mm -hmm. uh, two were gay men, and two were lesbian. In, in Texas? In Texas, two new ones. Okay, yeah. Uh, in addition to the five who were already on the uh, LGBT caucus, who were already in office. Right. And of those five, one is pansexual, one is bisexual, one is lesbian, one's a gay woman, and one is a big old dyke. Yes. Yes, so, it's, it's like collecting Pokemon cards. Right. Yeah. So Anne, who is lesbian, <laughs> yes. and one other lesbian, Anne got in, the other one didn't, two transgender candidates, one of them was running in a real tough district. She mm. was running to represent Lubbock. Oh, who's that? Um, Sorry. Uh, I knew something. Her last name is Franks. Okay. I knew about Maddie Eden. And Maddie, mm -hmm. who I spoke to, um, would have been wonderful in the legislature. Oh, she would have been awesome. We, She and I uh, worked together on the Texas Democratic Party platform, mm -hmm. and she's amazing. She mm -hmm. knows her stuff. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, she was an advisor to the Biden campaign. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that I would have loved to have seen her in office. Uh, she is in a district that is starting to change, uh, but it's a mostly Republican district. She, mm -hmm. That was a tough race, too. Lubbock, I have to say, um, the, the trans woman who, who lost that election, she won a really tough primary battle. Mm. Which I think is interesting mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, she it, she was not just this flighty person who came in and decided, hey, I think I'll run. She was a good, serious candidate and uh, beat a more entrenched uh, Democrat in her primary. Uh, we're we're going to get back to LGBT candidates. I do need to remind you, it is Pledge Drive. The number is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Um, if you would like to uh, support us on a monthly basis, those monthly donations really are very helpful. You can become a sustaining donor uh, by giving us a credit card, a debit card, your checking account number, savings account number. Just call us now and tell us you'd like to help with a sustaining monthly donation. The only thing that we ask is that it's a minimum $5 a month. It's easy, it's automatic, and at the end of the year, you can either stop that donation or you can just continue it, which... The 60 bucks, y'all, come on. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> so. okay, but you know what, those donations really help. Because oh, I know they do. We, yeah. we know what's coming in each month when we have 
those and the number of sustaining donors to KNON, it's ever growing. Uh, we did great when we were right after the tornado and a number of people wanted to jump in and help. And we still have most of those sustaining donors. So that's a great way to help KNON. 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Josh's are standing by. Um, we had a number of LGBT candidates around the country. Mm-hmm. We have our first two African-American gay men. Yes, in, from uh, the New York area. Both from the New York area uh, elected to Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting with Patrick Maloney in there, too. It's like two or three districts in a row that are represented by gay representatives now. Well, it's, I mean, yes. And, it, you know, I, the work I've done with the Victory Fund, you know, we were very tuned into every other, each and every one of those races. Um, and most incumbents won, and we've had some really brilliant wins. And those two, uh, for sure. Sarah McBride is the one I'm most excited about. She's the first transgender uh, congressperson. So it's uh, senator. S- state senator. State senator, yeah. Uh, in um, Delaware. Delaware, yeah. Well, I don't know why I can't remember. I'm dissing Delaware today, man. <laughs> yeah, in Delaware. And, I mean, she's been involved in the movement for a long time. So, I mean, I'm familiar with her from other organizations. Well, she but, was here in Dallas to speak at a black tie dinner a few a few years ago. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. so, yeah, she's done a lot of work with HRC and other organizations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, congratulations to Sarah McBride. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, before we get too far you know, into pledge drive or, or breaks or anything, one thing I want to make sure that I'm getting uh, out in the on the air is I really have to do a huge shout out to the groups that worked so hard during this pandemic to get our local candidates elected and to make it fun, too, like the Funky East Dallas Democrats. They had photo frames and Ruth Bader Ginsburg costumes and um, all of that at, at the major uh, early voting polling locations. There was a thing called Joy to the Polls at the Oakland Library that had drag queens and a live band and music. And it, so we really tried this time, I think, to make up for the normal in-person contact that we have during campaign seasons with making it a pleasure to vote and to make sure that people knew they were welcome to vote despite the other you know who else big shout out to mark cuban for and opening mark the american cuban. airlines yes. center and making that so fast yeah i mean that was the thing fast anybody who waited on the line you could have driven to downtown dallas uh parked voted and been out of there in less time than you had to wait online in some of the other places. And, you know, so it's not new-new, but some a tool that Dallas County Elections has is you can check, you know, how long the wait times are at each location. Now that you can vote anywhere in the county, not only during early vote, like we've always been able to do, but anywhere in the county on Election Day. Um, so you can see, oh, well, my normal place that I'm comfortable going has got an hour wait or a half an hour wait. There's another one that's two miles away that has a 10-minute wait, you know, so... And that's not new-new? That's not new-new. It's semi-new. It's been... Semi-semi? Yes. <laughs> Mezzo-mezzo for you music majors out there. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, it was it was instituted, I think, two elections ago, but mm. that's a runoff in a municipal, so... But for a presidential, it is new. Mm. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, there's there's some tools that we've been trying to, you know, learn on the fly, as they say, you know, build the airplane while you're flying it with the pandemic and then with just counteracting all of the the voter, uh, the 
onslaught of voter suppression that we had to this time. I mean, there's always been voter suppression to some form or another. This has been blatant and never ceasing this election cycle. So in spite of all of that, we got some outcomes that we can. You know what else is never ceasing? Mm -hmm. My asking for money for KNOM. Uh, The number to call is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893, or the way actually this show gets most of our donations is online at knon.org. Patty, were you going to say something? I was just going to say nice segue. (laughs) Always. Always. Yeah. (laughs) If it's awkward, David does it. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of awkward... (laughs) <laughs> you know, asking for money can be an, an awkward experience, but that's one of the things I've learned here at KNON. I just have to ask for it. 972-647-1893. Josh is standing by. You know, one of the things that KNON did was we kept our DJs live and in the studio and on the air when no other radio stations did that here in Dallas. Uh, they all became automated, and um, uh, the DJs that were in, it was... Um, uh, juggling them between uh, that and automated music, but we kept all of our DJs live and in the studio. It's why we end the shows 10 minutes early now so that we can uh, wipe off uh, the counters, change the windscreens, uh, do things like that. So give us a call to help us stay on the air, especially because we don't have any of our fundraising events right now to keep us going. And it does cost quite a bit to keep us on the air. Uh, Every day we broadcast costs two thousand one hundred and I need my glasses two thousand one hundred four dollars and ten cents. So if you'd like to keep us on the air for a day, make a donation two thousand one hundred and four dollars and ten cents. And ten cents. And Patty, was that still awkward? Yes. No, that was that was tremendously, um, you know. That was great. No, it was awkward. <laughs> okay, so I tried. I so tried. last show I was doing the Jewish Music Hour, and I said we'd explain in this uh, uh, on on our show. Uh, I played "I Shall Be Released" because Patty, I don't know if you were listening, but um, I dedicated the show to our president Donald Trump, and Aww. so one of the songs I played was "I Shall Be Released," Joan Baez's uh, version of the Dylan song. And I had to remind Erin, she didn't even remember, when the three of us met Joan Baez. Yes, in Crawford, Texas. In Crawford, Texas. Tell us, tell us about that. After uh, the break. Well, no, let's, let's do it real quick right now, okay. before the break. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, we were contacted by um, Elizabeth Birch, who had been um, executive director of HRC for many, many years, um, and um, asked us to go down to Crawford on behalf of Rosie O'Donnell because she wanted to support the um, the anti-war effort that was taking place then during the Bush administration um, and just find out what some things that they needed. And ultimately, she ended up paying for the big bus um, tour that left uh, from various locations and then convened in Washington, D.C. to protest the war. Mm-hmm. So we went down there, um, the three of us, um, to Crawford and um, walked into the little building that they had uh, as their main station, and they were running shuttles back and forth out to the place that was closest to Bush's ranch out there. Um, and there she was. She was sitting there. It was and, fantastic. And I remember I told her the last time I saw her in person 
which was when I was in college at this little coffee house in Saratoga, New York. <laughs> and we were just talking about it because it was an old time beatnik coffee shop. I mean, it wasn't even hippie. It dated back to the 1950s. Uh, and she was just delightful to chat with. Uh, just very, very nice person. Um, we need to take a break. This is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. This is Pledge Drive. Give us a call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Don't worry, you won't have to talk to me. You can talk to Josh, the nice one, and he'll take your pledge. 972-647-1893. And we'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet. I'm here in the studio this time with Aaron Moore. Welcome. It's always nice to see a fresh new face here or a fresh old face. Yeah, <laughs> just old face. Patty's on the phone with us. Uh, Patty, it's nice to hear your voice. And uh, thank you for calling in late because you kept up your tradition. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it takes a while to get from the living room to the, to the phone, to, the phone. <laughs> to her cell phone. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, there's, I'm kind of laughing about you saying fresh, but I just feel so spent. You know, we've had four years of essentially a, an abusive relationship, and we've got, you know, two more, two and a half more months to, to last. But everybody I've talked to that, that, that I know that work in, you know, democratic politics, they just feel like a weight's been lifted off our shoulders. You okay, know? so I'm going to give you one last chance to concede the election. Trump got more votes than any other sitting president in history. Great. If he can spell concede, I'll concede. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, we've been tired because we've been beat down, but now we're tired because I think there's some relief, you know, and it's just that, that, that weight lifting and you can okay, finally so feel it. Now that Biden's in, is he going to defund the police? Defund the, I don't know where he stands on defunding the police. I know he's getting, I know he will do his research and do what is right, but the movement is correct. It's about taking massive amounts of essentially military level funding from police departments and putting into things that would stop upstream causes for them to be called out. Here's what Dallas is doing. Yeah. It's not that they've taken money away from the police, they've reallocated some. Uh, in the South Central sector, which gets more mental health calls than any other sector, so this is where they're experimenting with it, they have a new team of mental health experts mm -hmm. that are backed up by police. Yeah, it's the right care teams. They're actually, that was a pilot, and they're actually expanding it to other districts now. Because it's been so successful. Successful, yeah. And what that is, is if you suspect somebody's having a mental health episode, you can call, and they'll, they'll respond with a caseworker and a mental health expert um, instead of bringing them just to automatically to the jail, which can oftentimes exacerbate the situations. So, right, yeah, that and that is a movement. There's, there's, um, and that's what they're talking about with defund the police. It's not defund the police. It's move the money. Move the money to where it's it allocated better. Move the money to where it can be a relief to the police and take the pressure off of them to be everything to everybody. And there's a the biggest model in the nation is called Cahoots, which is in Oregon, um, and they don't even have police go out with them. It is just strictly a mental health response team. But anyway, uh, yes, there are lots of those discussions to have, and the great thing is now that we have a president who can talk in complete sentences and, you know, listen to people, um, we can actually have those discussions now. So, so speaking of non-binary people, 
Oh, yeah. Well, there's your transition again, too. Yeah. It, it, just one of the highlights of election night to me is we have a non-binary um, uh, state representative in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, they are Maury Turner, and they won their race uh and became the first openly non-binary person ever elected to, this, to a state legislature in the United States. So uh, I am thrilled, <laughs> you know, that, that Oklahoma has voted for somebody for their qualifications and not, not for the normal boxes that they put people in. And there were four elected trans people in state legislatures before. Mm -hmm. Three were up for re-election, all got re-elected. And how many new trans people were elected to legislators, at least two of the other four that were running. You know, there's a point in every movement where it becomes normal and you don't notice the exceptions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we are with electing people who are non-binary, transgender, and, you know, based on other factors like sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I mean, I know we're about to go off the air, but it, it meant... I remember the first time a presidential candidate said gay and lesbian. It wasn't even bisexual transgender. I remember the first time a presidential candidate said gay and lesbian. And it finally felt seen and heard and, and, and part of what we were working for. Well, Biden last night said transgender. Mm -hmm. And it, it may be seen as tokenism, but to me that meant a lot to people who were not used to being recognized as being uh, you know, oppressed or repressed or discriminated against. And he, he threw it in with all the other classes that have been so downtrodden during the Trump years. And that, that impressed me a lot last night. So. So Patty, speaking of, um, of recounts, mm -hmm. recounts are perfectly legal and certainly within any candidate's right. Uh, tell us what we should be looking for with recounts. Um, well, we have, we have one that's going to take place. There's no question uh, about this, that it's going to take place in Georgia. And by the way, I'm thrilled that, that Jimmy Carter, former President Jimmy Carter, got to see his own state turn blue um, again. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's the last time it was, was when um, Carter was elected. Or, or maybe it was first Clinton's first First Clinton uh, voted for Clinton. Um, but there will be a recount because there's such a small percentage. And a lot of states have... A, um, a trigger in their law that says that if the spread, the difference between the winner and the, the second runner-up, I suppose, um, is X percentage of the total vote, then there must be a recount. Um, and what's, what's um, important here to note is that for those jurisdictions that have a paper ballot, that a recount's very possible. If it's just purely an electronic vote, like in Harris County, there's nothing to recount. There's just, let's look at the data again, because they don't have a paper ballot. But Dallas County does, and many, many throughout Texas do. Um, so a recount uh, simply means they go back through and recount all those ballots. Um, and that can take a couple of days, but really what happens here is that they have to complete this process across the country before, um, I don't know what the specific date is in December, but it's usually about the second week in December uh, when the Electoral College uh, must cast their ballot. And when that happens, then it's official in the country. Mm -hmm. um, are they going to be able to count those votes faster? Well, I don't know. Um, that's going to be um, an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I love the little the tweet where the woman said her one of her friend, 
friend's three-year-old said, um, are you going to be watching the map show again? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been watching all week is the map show. Um, we we I, really I have been. Be, yeah. I think it will be faster this time because they don't have to open envelopes. They don't have to, okay. You know, do so, so a lot of the, a lot of what took so long was opening the envelopes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, if you think about it, that's half the act of getting to the ballot. Now, I will say this about the way Texas counts the votes. We had more uh, mail-in ballots sent in Texas than they did in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and a few of those other states need to look at what Texas laws are because they were perfectly fair. I don't feel like my rights were infringed upon because the ballot had to be in by a certain date uh, and a certain time and that we were counting the votes before the polls closed, they were just not released until afterwards. Uh, they right. need to figure out how we count more ballots faster. I think a lot oh, yeah. of states are going to be looking at their mail-in ballot policy after this, because it's, it's never been an issue where there's been this many at one time, but because of COVID, people have just increased the amount of mail-in ballots they have. And the, the, Sorry, I'm, Patty, I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's one more thing I have to mention before we go off the air, mm -hmm. but uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris just announced that her um, uh, aide on the campaign trail, uh, out lesbian Corrine Jean-Pierre, is her chief of staff. So. Oh. So we'll have an out lesbian as the vice presidential chief of staff, officially. Yay. Well, on that lesbian note, let me just uh, <laughs> thank everybody for listening. I want to thank people who called in uh, during the show and made a pledge. Uh, and if you'd still like to make a pledge, the number is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Or go online, uh, knon.org, hit the pledge now button, and... Um, uh, and make your pledge that way. You can see all the pledge premiums that way, which is uh, makes it easier for some people. Please give if you can. Any bit helps. And and you can make your vote for KNON. How's that for wrapping up? There you uh, go. Voting. Excellent. Make your vote for KNON by making a pledge and helping the station stay on the air. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, be best. Be best.